From the offices of Cocktail Collective, this is Cocktails Distilled, a podcast that takes your favorite spirits and liqueurs from the still to the cocktail glass. In each episode, we talk to distillers and creators about particular expressions that their brand have released, what they are, why they were created, and in what cocktails they can be used. Are you ready to understand what's in your glass, or perhaps should be? Welcome to Cocktails Distilled. We're here today with Jason Crawley from Crawley's Simple Syrup Company to talk about the new cocktail syrup that the company are about to release. And if you're into tiki, you're in quite a treat. Jason, thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Thanks for having me along. So you've created one of tiki's lost ingredients. Um, do you want to tell us exactly what uh, fascianola is? And yeah. Am I pronouncing it correctly? I, I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows what it is, uh, how to pronounce it, or, or even what it was. Uh, it, it seems to be um, a bit of a myth, but it used to exist many, many years ago, and it's kind of one of those uh, flavors that were kind of lost over time, as some, some many others were. Uh, but this one's kind of got a groovy name. Uh, it kind of popped up in lots of uh, famous tiki drinks back in the day, which I'll talk about a little later. But in a nutshell, it's uh, a very tropical kind of flavor. Uh, they used, it used to exist many, many years ago, uh, and their leading flavors uh, back then, it's rumored, were kind of more of a passion fruit kind of lead with some kind of spiciness in the background, things like guava, apple, and maybe even a bit of rose. So uh, so we've kind of had a, uh, a really good look around and all our research and tried to pull all the old ex- kind of mythical flavors of fashion all together and had a proper stab at it <laughs> so uh so it's kind of you know no one's really tasted it because of course it, it it went by the wayside years ago so we've just basically had a go at recreating it to the best of our ability um so yeah it's it's pretty exciting now if people don't know much about Crawley's do you want to just give us a little background yeah, so we've been in the market now for 10 years uh, we started um in Bronte uh, bought a uh, bag of well actually a metric ton of Brazilian mountain sugar and had it delivered to my front garden uh, much to the dismay of my I guess my um, my neighbors uh, they had this kind of mound in the front garden and I think the neighbors thought I was making drugs because it was brown bags going in and brown cases coming out uh, but I guess the vision at the time was to try and you know we looked at the market and all there was in the market were kind of you know, artificially kind of flavoured syrups, uh, nothing really premium, nothing that really spoke to the bartender, nothing incredibly kind of compelling. So we had a good go at trying to become the world's, or the purveyors of the world's finest syrups, essentially, which was quite ambitious at the time. Uh, But once people started to taste them, uh, we kind of, you know, uh, through doing little markets and things like that and started from a very small base, uh, the phone started ringing from, you know, some of the leading bars around the country, you know, kind of Merivale, etc and said this is a really great solution for us we wanted something really premium that talks to bartenders that comes from a bartender so we know that the the product is good and it will be consistent and it kind of looks beautiful rather than having you know old rum bottles with bicycle tape around them and bar flies everywhere so it's kind of you know we just kind of set up ourselves to kind of become that premium reference to you know what bartenders need with good quality staple flavors you know good quality grenadine brilliant augie you know and, and we've kind of expanded the range through, through all the kind of classic flavors as we've kind of learned a lot in the space. And now uh, we're, in, we're at Fashionola, which is, uh, you know, on the back of, we did Real Falernum last year, which was a, a big undertaking as well, uh, just to try and create, you know, these syrups to become stable with real flavors 
because uh, I'm not a scientist. Uh, it was all just a bit of a you know suck it and see type stuff, but it, it seems to be working. No one's gotten killed, and uh, yeah, we're uh, we're still in the business. So in a nutshell, we're trying to become the purveyors of really good quality syrups for bartenders, uh, more pointing at the trade, uh, but also for people that enjoy a really great drink at home, knowing that you know the liquid in the bottle's as good as it can be, if not you know better than you can make yourself. Now, if someone's buying a quality syrup, yeah. um, what can they expect? Yeah, just quality, rich flavours that are all natural, they're all, they're all handmade. Uh, I guess the world's gone mad for craft. Uh, I guess we've always been craft. It's just all made in the countryside in a big copper kettle uh, in the New South Wales uh, countryside there. So in a nutshell, I think the, the, the key point of difference for our brands is it's all, it's all natural, which means that the flavours are much richer uh, and kind of make their presence known, but play a really great supporting role in cocktails. They're not the leading light. Uh, but they're just really well balanced and they have like a nice long finish to them. But um, yeah, so it's just, it's just a really good quality product that basically does what it says on the label. Now, how did the creation of uh, Fashionola come about? Good question. So um, I had no idea of its existence. Um, I popped in to uh, drop off some frisbees and some t-shirts to a friend of mine at Jacoby's Bar in Enmore, which is one of Sydney's leading tiki bars. Uh, really great bunch of people there. And uh, I sat down to my uh, red stripe beer, which is what I usually drink in a tiki bar. And, um, and Passan, the owner, said, have you heard of Fashionola? And I said, I've never heard of the guy, thinking it was something else. And he went, no, 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 the, the syrup. Uh, I'm like, really? What, what is that? So he kind of emailed me a whole bunch of old pamphlets and things that he'd come across in his tiki world. Uh, and as we got further into it, you know, we kind of was like, this, this thing should exist again, you know. And uh, I do have a, a passion for re you know, recreating old things like the Imperial Shaker Machine. I think some things just need to come back. And uh, once I looked at some of the recipes for old-fashioned old, there's quite a few old recipes knocking around. Um, it was kind of one of those flavours that, A, had a fun name, B, needed to come back because it kind of legitimises some of the old classic drinks again. So um, I guess the, the main one that everybody would have heard about would be the Hurricane. So, you know, this is a, a drink that is now sadly not made very often. Uh, but And, of course, where it's home, Pat O'Brien's uh, in New Orleans, is one of the best bars in, in town. And it's one of the most fun bars where they have dueling pianos and everybody sings along and drinks really bad hurricanes because, of course, they don't use Fashionola anymore. It's just a, a crap grenadine and some house rum uh, served on crushed ice with some cordials in there. So it's not necessarily the best drink in the world, but... Having Fashionola back again could at least get people drinking Hurricanes correctly again, uh, or to, as the best that they could be. Okay. Now, you mentioned that um, Jacoby's had sent you some pamphlets and things like yeah. that that they'd found. How much other input did Jacoby's have in the formulation? Okay, so we just kind of went away, um, I guess, you know, on a limb again, really. Um, and we just kind of came back with uh, six different liquids that, you know, we where, and, and Jacoby's just blind tasted them for us. And we just said, well, to your mind, as a man in tiki world every day, what do you... And, and he'd had a go also at making his own uh, and had done a few, but he didn't feel like he'd nailed it at all. Um, I guess from obviously 10 years in making syrups, you know, constantly, we've kind of got a bit more learning. So we just kind of had our go at it with Jacoby's six liquids to taste and they chose the one that they liked the most. So we kind of went with that one. So in a nutshell, they didn't kind of put together the DNA of the liquid. It was just more asking tiki gods what they think would be the best one for people that are immersed in that world day to day. And that's the kind of one we went with. Now, from what I understand, it was Don Beach as an 
Don the Beachgoer's yeah. recipe. Uh-huh. Now, he took the original one to his grave, I believe. So, yes, with lots of um, other things as well. Yes, yeah, so how <laughs> different are the, the various old recipes that you've managed to find? Do you think any of them really hit the nail? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some, of the, some of them, unfortunately, were non-commercial. So all the all those kind of tiki wars back in the day in the forties and fifties mm. were all it's all house secrets, right? So to your point, he took a lot of them to the grave. Even even the rums were re you know uh, put into different vessels as well and, and blended in house. So no one really knows uh, to our to our knowledge anyway. You know what was actually going on in that space. However, you know the recipes that are written down, some of them are you know very guava heavy very cherry heavy that kind of thing um mm. but some of the flavors sadly are not commercially stable so you kind of you know some just some things just will not store uh, that mm. well so we've kind of we always have to err on the side of caution to kind of make sticks flavors that are a brilliant in drinks but also can can last on a shelf for three to six months if, if they're not used that often you know so we kind of tried to stay as close as we could to the to the to the various recipes that we could and you know and again through the funnel of creativity we kind of ended up with Jacoby's sign off on what they thought was the best one of, of the bunch. Now there are other lost syrups. Uh, John Beach's Gardenia mix another t- lost tiki. Yeah right. Are these things that you will be exploring more? The Crawley's brand we're always kind of trying to extend things into the into the trade that kind of makes sense. We resisted making a falernum for many years to be honest with you because we just didn't think the appetite would be there uh you know how often are people going to rely on that but as the 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 industry's grown and we've got more and more small bars more and more kind of people becoming more skilled at putting really good quality drinks together a Mm -hmm. bit more of a passion for history and those sorts of things uh you know the demand kind of started to become a reality for us so we kind of put the falernum into the market uh and as We've learned through that it's become a really good selling product for us, um, I guess, based on the quality of it and the, and the high level of ginger that's in there. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, anything that kind of starts to make commercial sense for us, um, you know, we'd we'll, we'll certainly have a look at all of it. Yeah, because uh, we're a very small, agile business. So, yeah, we can have a play around in those spaces pretty quickly if it all kind of starts to make sense and, uh, and the liquids are shelf stable. Now, if people are buying a bottle of uh, Fashionola. Yeah. What sort of flavours can they expect? Okay, so we've put a whole bunch of uh, different flavours in there. The the, the lead flavour that you'll pick out straight away will be passion fruit. So uh, the poor people down in uh, at the factory in the in the countryside there, you know, <laughs> we're actually using fresh passion fruit and separating the seeds and that whole sort of thing. So it's a real a real process to pull it to, to pull it together. Yeah. yeah, it is, uh, and of course cost as well. Um, but that's for me to worry about. Uh, from a flavors perspective, there's guava in there, apple, pineapple, uh, cherry, and and rose water. So there's a, it's all really tropical. I guess guava so and passion fruit. So it has a kind of Hawaiian punch feel yeah, to it almost? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's a real kind of tropical mix. Uh, and that nice little rose water tinge in the background, which kind of gives it, you know. I think the best way to think about it is it's kind of like a, a passion fruit grenadine of sorts, where you've got those kind of nice, robust cherry, raspberry kind of flavors and pomegranate, mm. which is another thing I forgot to mention that's in there. Uh, yeah, there's a, it's kind of like a spicy grenadine. I mean, what... The guys at Jacobi's have done. They've kind of they've got some fashion all around the go there. That from the samples that we've made, and they've yeah. kind of their ambition is to kind of replace grenadine f- with fashionola for pretty much everything because the flavour is so wonderful. Okay. Yeah. 
Now, if people are trying to use it at home, yeah. you talked about the hurricane. Yeah. What other cocktails? Some of the classic drinks, of course, that uh, Fashionola pops up in is, uh, of course, the hurricane, uh, which is, you know, if the original one, it's essentially just a daiquiri. Uh, with with rum, a little bit of citrus, and uh, and the fashionola essentially served tall on crushed ice, mm -hmm. um, and of course there's a again there's so much conjecture with tiki. Um, there's the zombie, of course, which is one of my favourite rum punches, and all of these things you know in tiki world they're all essentially a, a diluted form of punch of sorts. You know, a, something strong which is usually rum, a modifier with with some sort of citrus, of course, a mix of citruses that can be orange, guava pineapple, lemon, lime, grapefruit, of course, and of course a sweetening agent and then a variety of bitters. So all these things are just kind of the same thing. So what, you know, what, I, what I'd say uh, from a using fashionola perspective is to find your best flavor of rum that you like, be it spice, dark, flavored, white uh, or amber. Uh, find your favorite um, citrus style that you prefer, whether that's passion fruit or, or or pineapple juice or lemon and lime or indeed all of the above and then of course a sweetening agent which is the fashionola itself and just kind of have a formula to put those together so a classic formula for any kind of sour would be to use three parts of, of anything strong which would be your, your rum mm -hmm. and when I say parts in bars that's 15 mils per part so it would be 45 mils of rum yeah. or 60 if you like it strong uh, two parts uh, of sour which would be 30 mils of your lemon your lime or, or your or your you know, passion fruit, whatever you want to use, and of course one part of sweet. So a three to one formula will always balance, mm -hmm. uh, and that will really kind of help you make a nice, well-balanced drink at home. And that can either be shaken, blended, or, or stirred uh, if you don't have the equipment, and that will yeah. just always get you across the line. So yeah, and a cobra's fang essentially is a is a reworked zombie with you know more rum, uh, different types of citrus, uh, and the fashion owner again. It, the, the tiki kind of just follows its own little course with you know, just tweaking. It's a little bit like a short crust pastry, uh, you know, how much how much um, butter and, and flour you want, and it di di dictates how, how crumbly it is. It's just kind of how strong and how citrus you'd like it to be. It's just kind of, it's just, they're all essentially a, a diluted form of rum punch or, a, or an evolved form of rum punch. So in effect, people can use um, fashionola like a sugar syrup? Exactly the same. It's a sweetening agent just with, with kind of tropical flavours. And it, it's not just for rum either. You know, it'll it'll taste it'll taste wonderfully great with with gin, uh, with tequila. You know, with with American whiskey. You know, all of these okay. things it'll work with. It's just a, a really nice tropical sweetening agent. We've actually done uh, a classic drink called the Blinker, which popped up in uh, Duffy's book in in the thirties, uh, and he he used uh, American rye whiskey with lemon and fashionola. Uh, okay. And the, and that's what we're going to be serving at the launch party uh, at the end of the month. So yeah, so, so it goes not just with rum, but with any kind of spirit that you like. So you can actually take it outside of yeah. the tiki realm yeah. and one hundred percent with other. Yeah, well, that's what we're. That's the ambition for it. Really, it's not just to become a a tiki world flavor. It's kind of like having a really cool tropical mix that will mix with anything that you like. It's mm. just kind of open to whatever you enjoy. You know, even if it's Geneva. Uh, you can you can stick it in there and it'll do a really good job in there too. Now, obviously, I imagine in the bartenders at Jacoby's have been experimenting quite a bit. Yeah. Um, do you know of any cocktails that they've come up with um, that are original? I don't actually. I'll be really honest with you. Um, they only had, let's just call it, about three hundred mils of the original liquid that we've made. 
so there's not a great deal of it around so they're kind of what we've done though to answer your question a little bit is to kind of come up with our versions of the hurricane uh, which kind of based on the liquid at hand is what we've put together right. so we've done we've done a, a really cool hurricane mix mm-hmm. um, which is a, again a reworking of citrus uh, and some rums and uh, you know and the fashion all are in there and a little bit more on, on the passion fruit kind of vibe um, and then and, and again the blinker that I mentioned with uh, with American rye whiskey uh, and they're the two kind of drinks that we've started with but we as a but as a certain rule we haven't got the liquid hasn't been produced commercially yet so we're kind of waiting a few more weeks till the labels arrive uh, and then we can go and go into full swing and once they've got lots of liquid laying around then we can start having a play around with it but uh, but they I know uh, Passan's ambition is to kind of have it cross crossbreed with his uh, two venues so of course he's got Jacobi's in Enmore and then a bit further up into Newtown he's got Earl's Duke joint mm. which is a little bit more of a obviously the name dictates a bit more of an American whiskey focus albeit not all American whiskey yeah. um, and he's kind of throwing it around there I think he wants to get it alongside his, his rise and his, his uh, American bourbon so it'll kind of cross-pollinate nicely in those two spaces but as for kind of signature serves that are on the menu yet it's still not launched so it's still quite an exciting unknown time mm. um, so nothing's been done other than the hurricane and the blinker to that current press yeah. if someone's bringing it home for the first time and they're experimenting is there something simpler that people could do just to get a sense of the flavor when people start to experiment at home it's always good to kind of uh, start to think about this notion of balance. So when we used to train bartenders many years ago, um, you know, before, I guess, I guess many years ago now, uh, the first thing we would do was to, to help them to learn how to make a really good lemonade. So you would, it was all about finding the balance between something really citrus and something really sweet, and then what that kind of weakening agent is, whether that's soda water, cider, beer or or whatever that is you know Uh, so you kind of start then to kind of head towards the Tom Collins vibe so what I'm erring to there is you know drinks formulas uh, you can't really get away from them Uh, your readers or your listeners probably would take great comfort knowing that there are only seven drinks recipes in the world Uh, there's just seven and you can't get away from them. It's a little bit like uh, sauces on salads. There's only five sauces for salads, or should I say dressings, not yeah. sauces, my apologies. So there's only five. Yeah. Um, I, over, we, we launched um, uh, an imperial device in, in uh, Abu Dhabi last year, and I was talking to the chef about flavours and things like that while we were having a, a big old steak. And, uh, and, and, he, and he was amazed to hear that there was only seven drinks formulas in the world. Uh, and he said, well, that's interesting. You know, he said, there are actually only five salad dressings in the world. And he said, you can't get away from them. And he kind of took great delight in telling me what his were. And I took great delight in telling him what mine were. Yeah. So, it, so the, for the listeners, take great comfort in this because, you know, there are a million cocktail books out there. But they all, as you start to look, into the DNA of what they actually all are. They're all really similar. Uh, if you look at something like a margarita at the side of a daiquiri, uh, you know, it's essentially tequila, you know, lime juice and agave. And if you look at a daiquiri, it's rum, lime juice and simple syrup or powdered mm-hmm. sugar, depending on how you make it. And they're exactly the same. Yeah. So they're just, again, they're just punch without, without soda water and spices. So they're just, a, you know, a diluted form of punch again. So punch is the great grandfather of all mixed drinks. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of, over two or three hundred years, kind of broke apart into drinks families. So we have things like highballs, which for people, your listeners at home, you know, if you're just starting with Fashionola, 
you know, you could just stick a, a splash of rum into a highball glass. Uh, again, three parts if you're going to follow a formula. A squeeze of lemon or lime with your hands, a little wedge and a little teaspoon of fashionola syrup and top it up with soda. It'll taste fantastic. Yeah. You know, and that's essentially what we would call a Collins in the trade. And of course, a classic Tom Collins would be gin, lemon, sugar, soda water. Yeah. Uh, and again, to try and breathe some clarity into this space, if you look at what a mojito is, it's a Tom Collins made with rum and with an addition of mint. Yeah. And a, a Tom Collins, or should I say a mojito, is a Tom Collins made with rum with the addition of mint. And if you shake a mojito with gin, it's a south side. Yeah. You know, it's so just all the same. It's yeah. yeah. So take great comfort in this because, they, they, you know, that's kind of how professional bartenders work. They just use, or the ones that I work with anyway over my time, it's just... Uh, you just stick to the same formulas and, and, it, and it, the drink will always balance and it's just how well you, your, your skills are to put it together really, but it's certainly not in any way difficult. Anybody can make a cup of tea. Uh, it's just how complicated you want it to be. You know, do, you, do you warm your cup before you put the ke- you know, with, the, with the water before you put the tea bag in? Do you want Lapsan Shushong? Do you want Earl Grey, Black Caravan, Russian Caravan? How long do you leave your bag in? Do you use loose leaf? Do you have milk like you don't? And I do. Uh, you know, it's all just kind of a formula uh, and how, how complicated you want to make it. So if if you're going to buy some fashion order to make drinks at home, buy a decent bottle of rum, get some good citrus in there and use 321 as a formula and you'll either shake that or just build it over ice in a highball glass and give it a good old stir with whatever you have to stir and uh, and it'll taste fantastic. Now, is fashion one of those ingredients that a little goes a long way? Yeah. It's, people need to be a little bit careful how much they're adding? Um, it's pretty intense. Uh, the, the, the passion fruit's a real kind of, I guess, the, the, the striker of, off the bench, really. That kind of, you know, um, it, it really powers through. Uh, but I think, I don't think you need to kind of hold back with it. It's just kind of, because it's such a groovy flavour, you, you want it to sing out in the drink. Mm. You know, and often with tiki drinks, you know, a lot of them called for dark rum. Uh, and you have to kind of battle with dark rum a little bit because it's such an all-encompassing, you know, molassy kind of flavor yeah. that's, uh, you know, kind of... And some tiki recipes call for a fair bit of OP rum as well, you know. So you need a syrup that can really kind of fight fire with fire. You know, that's kind of why you find ginger ale in, in a lot of whiskey drinks. It needs something to kind of find that balance with the spices. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't necessarily think you need to hold back with it. Uh, I think, if to, on the contrary, it'll just kind of help you find really good, rich, tropical flavours in, you know, a whole bunch of dark dark spirits, essentially, uh, dark spirits drinks. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's business as usual, really, from a, from a syrup perspective. It's just a, a groovier flavour that you'll, I think people will really enjoy. And with the acids, are you looking solely at um, lime or... Can lemon work well? Uh, it works well with, with most, really. Uh, the ones that were put together, uh, we, I guess uh, it was a bit more of a cost exercise, really, because obviously we've got a launch party coming up with what we believe will be a couple of hundred people and a marching band uh, down the street, <laughs> New Orleans style. So we, uh, we, we tried it with, with, uh, with both lemon and lime, and uh, we kind of went with a lemony one due to the fact that we have to give 600 drinks away, <laughs> not to be tight, but the limes are a dollar a piece at the best of time. So we just kind of have to, we kind of loved lime, but we kind of uh, found that it worked really well with both, um, to be fair. And it, it, what, what was really nice to find out that it worked with um, really well with pink grapefruit um, okay. with some of the drinks that we were putting yeah. together. Uh, and again, um, we've 
my experience in bars and trying to build brands and kind of you know being immersed in the market Australians aren't in love with grapefruit yet in a, in a massive way like like cherry cola you know cherry cola in Western Europe and America is quite a big flavor yeah. but Australia doesn't seem too in love with grapefruit yet obviously there are people that do like it and there'll mm. be people coming at me with with bats to say we actually do but in the main uh, it, it's not a massive flavor for people which is a terrible shame to their detriment because yeah. grapefruit is such an awesome flavor you know uh, be it golden or pink uh, mm. it's such a great acid uh, a, you know a salty dog which is just vodka and grape, a golden grapefruit juice with a salt rim on it it's one of the most refreshing drinks you'll ever taste mm. with a splash of soda in it as well so um, but ultimately uh, it'll work well with any acid because uh, it's just a nice rich tropical kind of flavor that'll play nicer with anything you were talking about the launch party later in the month. Oh, yes. When I've exactly got to, got to, will Fashione be got released? Got to start working on that party. Uh, we're hoping it will be released uh, on the same day with, with some okay. luck. There's a few logistical issues, obviously, with production and printing and, you know, getting it into into the Vanguard business and on shelves, uh, ready to be ordered, and, of course, all the online stuff. So uh, by uh, July it should be absolutely. out in the world? Absolutely. It should be out in the world by the end of the month. Uh, okay. We're hoping before July. I couldn't give you a firm date because it's a few things. I don't want anybody to go and not get it on a particular day. But uh, the best way to get it, of course, is through Vanguard uh, Luxury Brands. Um, you can order it just directly through there if you're a bar owner. Oh, yeah, yeah, and if and if you want a bottle from a consumer perspective or you know you're, you're a civilian, can just just send me an email to Jason at the Drink Cabinet dot com and we'll send you some out. Um, but yeah, the party's looking like it's going to be a, a whole bunch of fun. Uh, the Jacobis guys are pulling out all the stops, long straws, uh, eyeballs. And all sorts of things are going to be flying around. Of course, there'll be a few formalities, but uh, I think the the key thing we're really excited about is that we're going to try and recreate uh, the dueling pianos uh, in 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 Earls, uh, which wow, is okay. uh, which is a really great thing if ever you're lucky enough to get to New Orleans. Uh, Pat O'Brien's is the home of the hurricane, of course, and and of course New Orleans is pretty much home to every drink that was ever created, which is why it's the coolest city in, in the world. Um, but Pat O'Brien's is a really kind of have to go to bar if ever you're in the city uh, in the old square old french quarter and uh in a nutshell you know they have these two incredible uh grand pianos back to back and they divide the room as to you know into two halves uh verbally and you kind of have to out sing each other and uh, once you've had a few hurricanes it's uh it's a wonderful thing yeah. i used to uh, work down in uh Baton Rouge many years ago and I was I used to go to New Orleans quite a lot as I was working in the area and I was really lucky to see Cab Calloway in there one night and he was uh, playing the tray and he, he kind of puts these silver little tips on his fingers and play, puts his hand underneath the silver tray and kind of taps out a tune yeah. with his hands along to the piano and, and people kind of donate money for charity and load up his tray and kind of you know but to see the, the singer of Minnie the Moocher kind of dancing around in that bar is you know, yeah, something I'll be thinking about well when we launch. Uh, so if we, if we, I don't think we'll be able to recreate Pat O'Brien's per se. It's certainly not in any way a pop-up. It might just be uh, two electronic pianos. But ultimately, it should be a really good night. And hopefully, everybody will get to taste this great syrup that's kind of back from the dead from the city of Voodoo. And it uh, should be a whole bunch of fun. For consumers, um, Vanguard, I assume, will put it through Dan Murphy's. And- yeah. yeah, so I think Dan Murphy's have an online component. Um, I've, I've clearly never ordered any myself, but uh, I know that they have an online component. If you type it in, it'll it'll drop into their online piece, yeah. And what are your plans in terms of international? 
Yeah, so we are arranged in, uh, we are in six different countries now, so we're hoping to get into uh, the UK and the US next year, uh, or later this year if things go well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're available all, all throughout the Asia-Pacific region and New Zealand and of course here in Australia and all throughout China. All right, well look, thank you so much for your time, Jason. Oh, no worries, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Hope you enjoyed the tea. I did indeed. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Cheers. And we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Cocktails Distilled. Be sure to visit cocktailcollective.com.au to access the show notes. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.